How's it going, guys? And welcome to episode three of the Put Me On podcast. I'm your host, Jalen Harrington, and today I've got a surprise for y'all. I am joined by a special guest, technician, arts and entertainment editor, Austin Dunlow. Austin, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well, Jalen. How are you doing? I'm great. How's your mental health? Um, it's 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 occurring. It's That's, occurring. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Austin, uh, you've given me an album to listen to, and I've given you an album to listen to. So let's start with the one that I had you listen to, which was Dunya's "The Scandal." Just overall thoughts. What'd you think of it? Um, I thought it was a really good album. I thought it was really fun. I thought it was an interesting take on like a self-empowerment female empowerment kind of album um i liked that it was definitely very r&b but it definitely had some like rock reggae kind of influences yeah and it was uh it was really interesting i really enjoyed it now were there any any standout tracks that you really thought were were interesting um i really enjoyed renaissance which is where i kind of really noticed the like psychedelic rock like reggae kind of influence right um i really liked like i said renaissance i really liked um rude and reckless which again uh kind of had some rock influences to me a little bit um yeah i think those were my two favorites well a couple of my favorites uh i think delightful and specific were the two that really hit me what'd you think of delightful when you heard it um, I liked Delightful. I, I specifically thought that I I liked it, but I didn't feel like it fit the theme of the album, um, which was not a bad thing. It was yeah. I wasn't upset about it. It just I didn't feel like it fit the theme. It was a good song, but I didn't necessarily felt like it fit in the album. Yeah, I think when I was listening to the album the first time when I first found Dunya, I was like struck immediately by how much the first four to five songs are just like fuck you i'm here i'm better than you i don't care so like to get to delightful where she's like finally being vulnerable even though it doesn't it really doesn't fit with the other songs like i just i really like that aspect of it yeah i definitely feel that i felt like um the only reason i said that is because i listened to i listened through to it one time and then i listened back when i actually wanted to listen more closely when I got to Delightful was when I really realized that every other song on this was like, I am better than you. And then this one was just like, maybe I'm not, which is like, <laughs> uh, I, I, I like that aspect of vulnerability, but I do feel like, in my personal opinion, I like songs like that to be later in the album. Like if you're going to be vulnerable while the rest of the song is, or the rest of the album's not, I would prefer it to be near the end of the album personally. But Gotcha. I also think I was... I was surprised while listening to it again, talking about how she's kind of like, fuck you the entire time. Um, I wonder, is she bi? Like there were a couple of lyrics that made it seem like yeah. she goes both ways. And that kind of makes it make a little more sense to me. Yeah, I kind of picked up some of those cues too. Um, I definitely, like she talks a lot about um, like bitches chasing me and stuff like that. And I didn't know if it was more of a I'm not only better than these men but I'm also better than all of the rest of you Correct. or if it was I'm not only better than the men I'm interested in I'm also better than the women I'm interested <laughs> in so just to be clear yeah, yeah. no um, but you mentioned specific and I actually wrote the specific there were parts of it that you know I spy by Kyle 
I don't. Okay, well, there's a song called I Spy by Kyle, and it sounds very, very similar, certain parts of it, to specific. And I was kind of interested to hear that. (laughs) That's all I'm going to say about that. (laughs) No, that that also occurred uh, when I was listening to your album, You Gave Me, um, Janelle's Dirty Computer. There was one song that I, like, literally I'm going to have to listen to, like, all the artists that I like to find the song that that sounds like. Like, that deja vu is just... It's crazy when it hits. Yeah, there was actually like one other um, rude and reckless on here. I listened to the like the instrumental in the background sounded mm-hmm. so similar to House of the Rising Sun. Um, I don't know which cover of House of the Rising Sun it sounds like, <laughs> but it sounds so specific. It's to, absolutely like, one, one of them. them. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely a cover of House of the Rising Sun. Now, you mentioned when I told you it was going to be a, an album by Dunya that you were familiar with her already. What did you already heard from her? Um, I had heard something from her previous album, um, Rich Girl Mood, I think was the title. Um, it's featuring Kalani. Um, it was definitely a similar theme of I am superior to you, but it was her and Kalani, and I am totally okay mm-hmm. with them saying they're superior uh-huh. to me um, because more than likely they are. Um, so I am completely okay with that. No, it was. it's really weird, like... Um, you have to get used to that being her vibe. Like once you realize that's what she does, you're like, okay, I'm okay with this. And then when she's like, I'll spit in your mouth, you're like, yeah, okay, that's cool. I'm fine with that. (laughs) Yeah, I'll allow it. (laughs) So uh, closing thoughts, just uh, to wrap things up, what do you think of Dunya as a whole as an artist? And what do you think of that album? I really, um, I think Dunya brings something um, to the table that, I mean, obviously, there's going to be a lot of like artists that do something similar, but I think that um, when I was looking into her, like sh- she has Moroccan roots, she knows French because Morocco, and she um, she also like grew up in the U.S., so she has a lot of influences that um, we we recognize, but we don't see a lot necessarily. Uh, like North African music isn't really something that's super popular in the United States. So to get some of that influence, which I felt like were on some of the, um, like saw at first, I felt like there were some instrumental things in the background that gave me some uh, North African, Moroccan vibes. I think that was really cool. Um, I like her aesthetic. I like her sound. I like her influences. Um, I thought it was overall a great album. I think she's great. I might listen to her more in the future. All right, there you have it. <laughs> listen to Dunya, y'all. <laughs> Now on to the album that you gave me, Janelle Monae's Dirty Computer. Now this has been on my list of albums to listen to for a while. Um, and it was interesting. It was interesting. It was, um, yeah. <laughs> that, that wasn't necessarily the word I wanted to hear. But no, I definitely, there were other albums that I had thought about that were like in the running to tell you, but... I knew you hadn't listened to Dirty Computer, and I just felt like it's something that, um, as corny as it sounds, like I listen to Dirty Computer literally like once a week. I think it's <laughs> an amazing album. Um, I like the political message. It's kind of there, but it's it's definitely in your face, but it's mm-hmm. not in your face to the point where it's annoying, you know? Um, so, yeah, what are your thoughts? Um clarify your interesting comment (laughs) i don't i feel like you're gonna be like disappointed in me i um (laughs) 
I um let's let's put it this way. When I so the first track is Dirty Computer that kind of just lets you know what the entire album's about. And as someone who had never listened to Janelle Monet, the first thing that I always do when I listen to an artist is kind of check down a box of okay, what do you do? So the song starts and I'm like, okay, can't sing very well. That's fine. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, I, I, genuinely, I was like, okay, not a great singer. That's cool. Production, not really doing it for me, but it's cool. The metaphor of like being seen as a computer, also not really doing it for me, but we stuck it out. We stuck it out. Okay. Mm-hmm. You get to track three, and I really want to talk about track three with you. What do you think about Take a Bite? I think Take a Bite is a wonderful metaphor, or not metaphor, play on words. I think that's the word I'm looking for. Um, I think it, um, I don't know. I talked to you about this a little bit the other day. I think that sometimes this album, as much as I love it, I feel like Janelle had her visual album too much in the back of her head when she was writing this album or recording this album. Um, But I do love the sound of Take a Bite. I like the vibe. I like the, I like the lyrics. I like the play on words. I don't necessarily think it's like, it's not the greatest song ever written, of course, (laughs) but I do, I do enjoy it. I just, uh, I want to show you a couple of lyrics that kind of caught my eye, and I want to see what you think about it. Um, I'm not the kind of girl you take home to your mama. Your code is programmed to, uh, not to love me, but you can't pretend. Uh, take a bite. It's all right. I won't tell. What do you think about that? Um, well, I obviously, so I think that this song, well, this album as a whole is very, first of all, female empowerment. Second of all, very black empowerment, right. um, everything like that. And then there's an, an extra layer of queer empowerment, too, because Janelle Monet has been very open about her sexu- sexuality. Um, and I think that that definitely plays a part in this song um, because she talks a lot about like, well, obviously the lyric of I'm not the kind of girl you take home to your mama. Um, if your mama is <laughs> not... <laughs> into the whole you being with a girl, then maybe that could be an issue. Or if that's not necessarily the case, then um, your code is programmed not to love me. We live in a society where you're taught from a young age that like girls be with boys and boys be with girls. And um, so we get programmed from a very young age to that's what we're supposed to think. And then as you get older, some people realize that that's not what they think. (laughs) And um, I think that's more of what she's talking about here. and more just like, just dive in, it's going to be okay, I'll get through it, <laughs> you know. What you hit on there is something that also struck me later on when I was listening to the album of, like, have you ever learned in like a sociology class or something, like um, the idea of having a dominating identity? No. Well, I mean, I'm sure I know what you're talking about, but I right. So explain it. Yeah, so for, it's interesting, um... For people that are white, generally their dominating identity is their gender, unless they're a member of the LGBT community, and then it's that. For black people, it's generally being black, unless they're LGBT, in which case it's that. So it's interesting here that, like, for me, my dominating thing is I'm a black man, right? Mm -hmm. So 
when I see lyrics, when I see something like that, I immediately think of blackness. But for Janae or for Janelle, it might be her queerness. Mm-hmm. So for me, I read this as, you know, there's this racist chick <laughs> that wants to fuck you. <laughs> But she's ashamed that she's into black people. <laughs> so I read this as, what the fuck? I'm not fucking a racist. Like, I'm not. And and I had a whole different outlook than yours. Yeah, well, I think um, this is another one where it makes more, it makes a lot of sense when you watch the visual album, uh. um, which is in which I don't necessarily love when you have to watch the visual album or the music video to understand the lyrics. I think you can understand the lyrics here without having to watch it, but I right. think you understand it better when you do. Um, in the visual album, she is um, in this kind of love triangle situation between a man who I don't know who he's played by and then Tessa <laughs> Thompson because I obviously know who Tessa Thompson is. And um, hopefully she picks Tessa Thompson, let's be clear. Uh, well, she picks both by the end. That's, oh, good for <laughs> yeah. her. Um, but... Anyway, they're they're both black, so I didn't interpret that as a like a racial right. Thing. But I do, I did even in, on my first listen, I interpreted this as like an, uh, a queerness kind of thing. Um, and then watching the visual album kind of reinforced that for me um, because there's never really like she doesn't necessarily talk about like not feeling comfortable in her queerness, but she does uh, mention in like. In Pink, for example, her exploring her um, sexuality, uh, especially in reference to the pink. Right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I think I definitely can see where you're coming from. But on my first listen, I definitely interpreted it as her queerness and stuff like that. So. Gotcha. Um, another track that really stood out to me um was screwed but we'll get to screwed later <laughs> i love screwed we'll have to take a conversation about that one <laughs> Django jane though i mean when i listened to Django jane when the beat first uh like dropped and she started rapping i thought to myself this had to be the first song that was done like that this song feels like the clearest most concise version of what she was trying to get across with this album and it's also the best song on the album oh like, Django jane is by far my favorite al- my favorite song on the album. Um, I can be in different moods and like different songs on the album, but this one is always up there for me. Um, first of all, I think there's great lyrics. Yeah. Uh, the my favorite lyric in the entire album, one of my favorite like <laughs> lines that's ever been written is the um, the line about Viola Davis. So like she's referencing like awards and stuff like that and she talks about like the oscars and the emmys and stuff like that right and then later on the one line where it says now pan right for the angle i got away with murder no scandal to the violins and violas that's carrie washington bro no but the viola at the end is the reference it's the string instrument but also the reference to how to get away with murder which is so cool to me i I love that lyric see (laughs) And again, this is where personal experience plays in. I heard violas, and I just thought, as a viola player, yeah. look at her shouting out violas for once. <laughs> no, I, um, I, because I had always heard that I got away with murder, no scandal. Yeah. And then I didn't even process that the viola is like the reference to Viola Davis. But yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm not huge on Janelle as a rapper, but 
like literally you just read through these lyrics and there are some songs where even if the lyrics aren't hitting for you immediately, you know they're more complex than yeah. you think they are at first glance. Yeah. That's absolutely the case here. And this is another one that when you watch the visual album, you realize um, this is to me definitely the one that speaks the most about like um, black empowerment. I feel like the whole album is very female empowerment. Right. Um, this one definitely has like a female empowerment undertone but i definitely think this one speaks the most to black empowerment absolutely um and she talks like and when you watch the visual album it's very obvious that that is the case as well there's a lot of black panther references um or like the black panther party not the movie but um <laughs> black panther party <laughs> references um there's also like the you know the the wicker chair that's always on the background of like old rap albums <laughs> there's like there's a vox video explaining it it's <laughs> like a specific wicker chair i gotta find she this. um she's sitting in that chair or maybe she's not i don't know but she's sitting on a throne there's a lot of africa references like subtle africa references ah that chair. yeah yes okay yeah um i think it's definitely her um her i'm black and i'm proud songs so. yeah no for real um Let's go. Let's go to Screwed now. All right. <laughs> um, Screwed is another one. I Django Jane is definitely my favorite. Normally, um, and then I will be in moods where I listen to Screwed continuously. I love this song. Are you so okay much. when you do that? Do I need to see that? Okay, on your but Spotify it's one of the ones. No, it's one of those ones that the lyrics definitely <laughs> like when you listen hard to the lyrics. It's a little. <laughs> a little deeper but the music is so much fun in this one um but also like i don't necessarily think that the lyrics themselves are sad i think that they're more hopeful in a way um and i think it's kind of similar to like kind of similar to what we're going through now like you fucked it up so we're gonna fuck it up more you know like (laughs) thing but no, um, when I was listening to this song, um, I think the biggest thing that hit me was the bridge, which was everything is sex except sex, which is power. You know that power is just sex. You screw me and I'll screw you too. But my favorite lyric on the entire album was probably, now ask yourself who's screwing you. Yeah. I really love that one. Yeah. So we've talked a little bit before about how I how everything comes back to pleasure, like what right. provides you the most pleasure. And I think that there are definitely like philosophical takes that I think even in political science that everything comes back to power, including sex. And I think many feminists would tell you that sex is a power situation, too. Um, I think that I it's one of those things that she's saying something that is like understood but no one says it you know and i think that's why i really enjoy it and then the line of just like now ask yourself who's screwing you is incredible because we all know that there's things screwing us but when you sit down and think about who it is it really blows your mind of what is actually the cause of your struggles and strife you know it's also a lot of shit yeah like it's not (laughs) just one thing yeah (laughs) (laughs) no it takes a minute when you decide to think about all the things ruining your life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, the closing song, Americans, um, you asked me, well, you told me before we did this podcast, you were interested to know what I thought of how much of this song is sarcasm. And I actually think it's probably just the parts that you thought were sarcasm. Yeah. I think um, 
it's weird. So there are certain people in the uh, black community that are actually patriotic, despite all of the shit that happens in this country. <laughs> now, I'm not one of them, <laughs> to be clear. <laughs> I am not patriotic, but it's. I think that Janelle absolutely is. And there's something to be said for the people who do have hope that eventually, like, this country will love black people back. I'm just not the type of person that gets like stomped on and then goes, eh, in a while, like you'll be cool to me. Like I'm kind of one and done. Once I realize you don't fuck with me, like it's over. So, yeah, I think that like her patriotism really like comes out in the um, the spoken verses that she uh, samples. Yeah. Um, like the. I don't know who it is. I think it's uh, it's Reverend Sean McMillan is giving a speech about um, until women can get equal pay for equal work, this is not my America. Until same gender loving people can be who they are, this is not my America. Um, it talks about black people. It talks about poor white people. It talks about Hispanics and Latinos. Um, but I I think that it really hits home in the very last line um, of it's going to be my America before it's all over. And I think that's really what you're talking about. Of She has hope that one day America is going to love black people back. Um, so I also think um, the line, please sign your name on the dotted line was really prescient because I don't think back then we were uh, laughing at and memeing the petitions to a certain extent. So that's a reference to something else, but it also hits differently today in the age of this tragedy happened instead of actual change, sign petitions. <laughs> no, I definitely agree with you there that it definitely hits different now. Um, but at the time, I definitely think it was more of a reference to like making a deal with the devil kind of thing, yeah. um, like signing your name on the dotted line of, you're going to deal with all of the annoying crap that she talks about throughout the song of like the, I like my woman in the kitchen. I teach my children superstitions, things like mm -hmm. that. I think she's talking more about, I'm going to deal with this crap until it's done with. And then I will be proud to be American yeah. and America will be proud to have me. And I think that's more of what she's talking about, but I definitely do think um, it does hit a little dif different in the age of petitioning everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, quick question. Um, if you have to tell someone over and over again that you have the juice, do you have the juice? <laughs> I like to believe <laughs> that that was a choice made by Pharrell. <laughs> um, I... This song is a very fun song. And also, you cannot say anything because you were in my car the other day and thought this was her new song. I Got the Juice was her new song. I like it. <laughs> yeah. But I, no, I think I Got the Juice, I like to, I like to believe that was a Pharrell choice. Mm -hmm. Overall, I think I really enjoy the production of I Got the Juice. Yeah. I like Pharrell's verse and I got oh, the I Juice. Oh, I hate Pharrell's verse. Oh, Let me I, go to my notes. Hold on. <laughs> I like just like the um part where he says, uh, yellow like pee in it. Yeah, no, I mean me in it. Like, I think that's funny. Pharrell <laughs> said the cup holders are small. Yeah. Did, I need, did I need to know that? I don't think I did. <laughs> I didn't ask. I didn't want to know. <laughs> like, but he's talking about like the juice in his juice. Oh, my flowing. God. Know, Get like... the fuck out of here. <laughs> no, I I don't know. It's one of those ones. That, it's a guilty pleasure song. I yeah. enjoy it. It's I'm not proud I enjoy it, but mm -hmm. I enjoy it. <laughs> I, I think the only real problem I have with that song is at the end, 
where she's like, you can grab this pussy, but this pussy grabs back. Mm-hmm. And then I have to look this up because I don't want to misquote her because um, I would hate to do that in this moment. <laughs> um, when you're about to slander her. Really correct. Quick. Yeah, <laughs> I want to slander accurately. <laughs> um, if you try to grab my pussy cat, this pussy grab you back. Hey, this pussy grab you back, give you pussy cataracts. What does she mean by that? Are you going to talk about the medical issues of how is it going to give you pussy cataracts? Exactly. I, um, I don't know. I definitely, <laughs> this was the year of the Women's March, uh, the year that, um, or the big, the, well, no, it wasn't the biggest Women's March, but it was it was following the Women's March. Um, and so I think um, it's definitely a reference to the whole Donald Trump grabber by the pussy um statement Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. but i i think that this is one of those areas in the album where i said that she's making a political point um but it's not too in your face uh but this one i do feel it's a little in your face Mm -hmm. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that it's just that like if your whole album is going to be subtle and then you're gonna jab it in really hard Mm -hmm. one time Make it a little more like a little more subtle than that. A little more subtle than that, yeah. Um, but no, I don't. I don't understand what a pussy cataract would be. To be Mm-mm. completely honest, I mean, unless it gets in your eye, that's the only. Isn't that pink eye? Isn't that just called pink eye? <laughs> Either way, um, as a whole, to close things out, I'd say, "Dirty Computer" is not an album that hits for me. I'm going to cop out and say that I am not the target audience for this album. I'm glad you clarified your copping out. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I do, I really do respect the artistry here. Um, and I think you have to um, if you really dig into the album. So Dirty Computer is absolutely an album that you need to know. Um, Janelle Monet is an artist and an actress that just, you know, she doesn't miss when she puts things out. Um, and I really respect that. Put out a new song too, so give it a listen. I haven't heard it yet. Supposedly, it'll give you pussy cataracts. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to a clip on Twitter. Was it good? Um, well, so I listened to the teaser and I didn't love the teaser, but then she posted a clip of it today that was like a full clip, and I liked the clip. I did not like the teaser. Interesting. So I'm I'm interested to listen to the full song and see what I think about it. So. All right, there you have it. Listen to the song, y'all. <laughs> That's all I have for y'all today. Thank you for listening to episode three of the Put Me On podcast. I am your host, Jalen Harrington. I was joined by Austin. Austin, say goodbye to the people. Goodbye to the people. Now, y'all remember, wash your hands, wear your mask, and I'll talk to y'all next week. Uh,